eye to eye sports. This is Dorm Room Sports Talk. All right, welcome in to Dorm Room Sports Talk. This is Eye to Eye Sports. Uh, we're back, season two, episode three. The two best looking guys are back on the podcast, me and Heilman. Uh, so that's good. Um, we, tonight we're going to talk NFL, NBA. We're going to start off uh, with the Super Bowl. Pats, Eagles should be action, action packed. Philly fans are crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about who our X Factors are. Um, talk about some matchups. Also, we talked the Alex Smith trade. Is he really an upgrade from Kirk Cousins? Also, where is the best place for Kirk Cousins to land? And we finish up with our Super Bowl picks. Then we move to the NBA. Blake Griffin has been traded from the Clippers to the Detroit Pistons. What does that mean for the Pistons and their playoff chances? Also, we talk all-star replacements, Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. Uh, so let's get it started um, with our Super Bowl discussion. Guys, we know X-Factors are a big part of um, every NFL game, but especially the Super Bowl. Name some X-Factors, whether they be players or parts of the game, um, that, that will change change the game. You know, I think it's pretty obvious just the way that this playoffs have gone, the last playoffs have gone for the Patriots, and really pretty much since he's gone here. Danny Amendola, absolute game changer in the playoffs. He always steps up. It's it's definitely fun to watch him, and he's he's always a difference maker in the playoffs. Um, as far as the Eagles go, Garrett Blount. I mean, he he's going to be big. Um, he's played with the Patriots before. Obviously, I'm sure it's a little bit different from years to years, but you know, obviously he uh, he knows some things that I'm sure the Patriots wish he didn't. So that's that's going to be tough to see. Biggest question mark in this game is obviously Nick Foles. Guy wasn't a starter. Consider retiring from football. The Patriots are going to force Nick Foles to beat them. They are going to stack the box. LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi are going to be forced to do basically nothing. Nick Foles has got to beat them. And the question is, is he able to produce in the biggest game of the year? Yeah, I agree with Tyler. I think the X factor is actually going to be Alshon Jeffrey. He's going to have a lot of man coverage with Malcolm Butler. Uh, he's going to need to make some plays. Foles is going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, so I look for Alshon Jeffrey to have a big game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the Eagles running backs, the X factor in the Super Bowl, it's a revenge game for LeGarrette Blunt and for Jay Ajayi. Blunt said in an interview that he uh, was felt he was, he was passed up by a lot of teams. He felt disrespected by the Patriots after his big year. They let him go. And Ajayi got traded for a fifth-round pick. By your you Dolphins, know, right? you know Dylan's uh, feeling it. The Dolphins fans are feeling it. Um, but guys like a, like Ajayi last year won games for the Dolphins. Like he carried them through these games. He has the ability to do that, and we haven't really seen that this year. Um, Blunt and Ajayi are hard to tackle, and if one of them is playing and one of them is resting, they're going to have full energy the whole game. The Patriots defense is going to have to stay with that the whole game because they can run through guys. Especially the Patriots front seven. People forget the Patriots are missing their best defensive player, Dante Hightower. You're going to have guys like Alan Branch, Ricky Jean-Francois, Landon Roberts, Kyle Van Noy are going to have to come up huge in the run game. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna pick a couple of different X factors than you guys. I'm going to go with Sweet Feet James White for the Pats. He was big in the Playoff Super Bowl beast. last year. He got them going against the Jaguars. Um, so James White is going to have to be a factor, I think, even though he hasn't been used as much this year as we were expecting him to be used with um, Deion Lewis having a fantastic year. And for me, on the other side of the ball, for the Eagles, it's Nelson Aguilar out of the slot because he silently is a very good slot receiver and has the potential for big games. Uh, so don't forget about Nelson Aguilar because he definitely um, has the ability to change the game. 
While we're at it, I'll mention Ertz and Selleck. They got two good tight ends. Selleck. Ertz is pretty good. Dude, Selleck, Selleck, I'm not convinced. Come on. Their but offense has some X factors. As far as the game plan for the Eagles, it's going to be a lot of play action. They're going to run their passing plays off of hopefully good runs from Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. A lot of RPOs. Everyone's pumped to hear Chris Collinsworth break it down. But in all seriousness, <laughs> Foles is going to be forced to get the ball out quick, and the Patriots' defense could be on their heels. Well, I think that um, the run, stopping the run game is going to be the biggest key for the Patriots to limit those RPOs, as Chris Collinsworth loves to point out, um, just so that the Patriots can lay off the run. If they can stop the run and force Nick Foles to just be a passing quarterback, they're going to have a very, very good chance to win this game. Agreed. Definitely. Um, Foles has the capability of being a top-five quarterback. We saw that. And but he's he's been a backup quarterback for a couple of years now, so I don't know what kind of Nick Foles we're going to see this Sunday. It, it also matters. I think the Patriots offensively match up pretty well with the Eagle defense. Ronald Darby not a great corner. Eagles are not great in the secondary. Patriots have a lot of weapons: Hogan, Amendola, Gronk. Maybe Malcolm Jenkins will be able to match up with him. But as you said, it's the running backs: it's Burkhead, it's Lewis, it's White. Patriots have a lot of weapons. Don't think the Eagles will be able to stop them. Yeah, I mean, you could mention all these X-Factors, but I think it's important to look at this game for what it is. Uh, it's Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, Doug Peterson versus Bill Belichick, seven Super Bowls versus none. Um, it's the greatest quarterback of all time versus a backup. Uh, people tend to overanalyze the Super Bowl a lot, um, but I think if you get down to the basics, you get down to quarterback versus quarterback, coaching versus coaching. Uh, it's just tough for me to pick out players on the Eagles that are going to make that big of an impact considering Belichick's ability to narrow it down to – you know, their weakest link, Nick Foles, he's going to have to have a huge game in order for them to even have a chance. Well, we've seen, we've seen this X kind of X factor happen before. Um, in, the in the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl, uh, Belichick again did what, does what he always does, took away their best players. And what's his name? Matthews. Chris, Chris Matthews. Chris yeah. Matthews went Seahawks off. Seahawks were playing hardball. Um, so he, you know, he was an X factor, a big guy that stepped up, made big plays for them. So... Um, Bill Belichick taking away your best player definitely opens up or forces you to have guys um, step up and uh, and make big plays. Um, anything else on the Super Bowl, guys? I just wanted to add, Gronk's out of concussion protocol. He'll be as good as ever. Concussions are not going to limit a player on the field. That's a huge matchup. I also think the Gronk-Malcolm Jenkins matchup is something to watch. Jenkins, one of the best safeties in the league, could be similar to Cam Chancellor in Super Bowl Forty Nine, which Gronk played very well in. Yeah, I think Gronk definitely Gronk always has the matchup advantage mm -hmm. in my mind. But it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles decide to deal with him. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about. I think for me, this was a huge surprise. Um, Alex Smith getting traded from the Chiefs to the Redskins, and this base this means Kirk Cousins is out. He's going to need to find. A new home. This also means Nick Hallman's MVP candidate is on the move. <laughs> this is true. This That's is very true. true. That's very true. So I guess my question is, guys, how much of an upgrade is Alex Smith for the Redskins than Kirk Cousins, and can he be successful in Washington? Um, you all know how much I love Alex Smith. Uh, <laughs> but at this point in his career, I think he's actually a slight downgrade from Kirk Cousins. Um, I did some thinking about this, and Alex Smith has really thrived only under great head coaches and Andy Reid and Jim Harbaugh. And Gruden is just a big step down from that. Alex Smith really struggled in the playoffs. He's a game manager. 
Um, I don't think the Redskins are as good of a team, obviously, as the Chiefs. They don't have that great running game. They don't have that great tight end. Jordan Reed is, is good, but he's no Travis Kelsey. Um, and they also gave up Kendall Fuller, who was Pro Football Focus's second highest graded slot cornerback in the NFL. Um, I felt like that was a key player to lose, especially considering uh, they got Alex Smith, who I said I think is a slight downgrade from Kirk Cousins. I have no idea what the Redskins are doing here. They're paying Alex Smith the third most guaranteed money of any QB ever, and they so they aren't saving money on this, and they've got a worse quarterback. I don't understand. They're paying someone what they would have paid Cousins to do a worse job. Yeah, I again, like I said earlier, I don't understand this trade. Alex Smith, he might be a little bit better than Kirk Cousins because he doesn't turn the ball over that much, but... I mean, how mu- how much better is he really? Like, it also I don't think he's better at all. It also matters that Alex Smith is considerably older than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You're trying yes. to build a team for the future, and you're trading for a guy who's a little bit better, but also much older. Well, it's very early on, and if their plan is to stick with Alex Smith as the starter, this just doesn't make much sense to me. Well, Kirk, Kirk Cousins also, Alex Smith had pretty solid weapons in Kansas City. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, um, and in Washington, they... They don't really have they really have any targets. They have no running backs. Terrell Pryor was awful he last was year. He was bad. Jamison Crowder is good, but he's nowhere near a Tyree Kill, a Hunt, or a Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I've I've been arguing for a while. I think I think Alex Smith has done well in Kansas City just because record-wise they made the playoffs the past few years. But I don't think he is where he is without the receiving core, the uh, great players that he's had around him. Washington at the moment does not have that same talent that was around him in Kansas City this year especially so I don't think I don't know and I don't think it's going to make the coaching staff too I don't think it's going to be a the big skin, difference I don't think it's going to put Washington the skins are the top. are betting on the fact that Alex Smith went to the playoffs four out of his five years in Kansas City Kirk Cousins went once so that's what they're betting on obviously the team plays a factor also they signed him after a breakout year in which Kareem Hunt also went off and the Redskins have no running back so Alex Smith is going to be basically ineffective without the run game. I think that we've all seen Alex Smith's ceiling. We know how well he can play, and we know who he is as a quarterback. Kirk Cousins was a great quarterback that is young and could get even better. Yeah, and I think it's going to be exciting to see Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. As For a football sure. fan, he's just he's got arm talent. Uh, he's fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to that. I think for the Redskins, though, it's concerning. Which Alex Smith are you getting? The guy in the first half against Tennessee that lit it up or the guy in the second half that couldn't throw a ball? I mean, the guy's inconsistent. He's a good player, but you're paying a lot of money for a guy which you don't know what you're going to get. If you're Alex Smith, you're definitely taking that 70, what, 71 mil? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, You're definitely taking that. So speaking of Kirk Cousins, he's going to be on a different team. Cleveland. Where is the best spot for Kirk Cousins to land? I think absolutely it's Arizona. Put him on that team with David Johnson. Um, Larry's got one more year, but they can make something out of it. I think that Arizona is a team that is built to win. They could have done something in the last two years, but they couldn't quite get it together. I think Kirk Cousins can do some special stuff with that team. I think if Kirk Cousins wants to get to a championship, you should go to Denver. Um, I mean, this de- that defense is phenomenal. They might be losing Tlaib. They still got Von Miller. They got decent receivers. They might be losing Demarius, San- uh, Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders. But, you know, with that defense, I think Kirk Cousins can thrive in Denver. Yeah, those are two big – or a few big question marks in Denver. I'm going to go with Arizona as well. Like like you said, David Johnson, if he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. Um, I don't know. I think that they uh, they can make things work. 
Well, Kirk, from, oh, Kirk Cousins is going to be the next great Browns quarterback. You heard it here first. Oh my! Please you, stop. You heard it, was it the first. Yeah, there is. Stop. It was the first. Otto Bernie Kosar, like long, long time ago. <laughs> Who, like the, Cody Kessler. Yeah. All right, so hear me Browns. out. If you're the Browns, you have a great offseason. If you sign Kirk Cousins, pretty good cornerback, quarterback. You draft Mika Fitzpatrick top cornerback, and you get Saquon Barkley. They have two of the first five picks. That's right. That looks like a pretty decent football team if you're trying to build. Obviously, they're not going to go to the playoffs next year, but you're building a future. You're changing the culture. I don't think that any quarterback in this league would choose to waste their prime on the Browns. Well, I don't think anyone in the world would choose to go to Cleveland, but the point is, if they throw a lot of money, Browns have tons of money. I mean, you're looking at a five-win football team next year. For, that, I mean, that's five times better than they were last season. It, I, no, math doesn't check out. What's five times zero, Ty? A hundred. Now let's move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so for me, I'm going to agree with Nick. It's got to be Denver. It's They are a decent football team already, even with Simeon and whatever that quarterback situation they have going on there. Add Kirk Cousins, a guy who can throw the ball down the field. He can sling it. He's a good quarterback. They have solid receivers, and they have a really, really good defense. And this league is proving more and more. If you have a good defense, you can make things happen. So if Kirk Cousins joins Denver, they become a threat in the AFC once again. And Kirk Cousins is in a good situation right away, rather than if he has to go to Cleveland, where he has to go through that entire building process in the prime of his career, or Arizona, which, I mean... I think they would be fine if Kirk went there as well, but I just think Denver is the better decision. They have a better defense, and they have better weapons offensively. I'm surprised Howman didn't bring the Jets up. Jets need a quarterback. No. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I'm set on Baker Mayfield. I, really am. I, don't, I don't know. Would you rather great. have a project or you get an NFL starter right away? He's a New York player. He's, he's phenomenally talented, Heisman winner. I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. I just So is Tim Tebow. Yeah. Wasn't Plexico so Burris a New York guy, too? So and he shot Bob himself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, he <laughs> All right. That's different. That's, That's interesting. At least it was the Giants and not the Jets <laughs> yeah. in Nick's defense. All right, well, uh, let's let's finish up the NFL segment here. Uh, the big game, this is it, what we've all been looking forward to. Let's hear our Super Bowl picks. Well, I've been wrong about just about every pick this whole year and the postseason, so I'm going to continue that trend and pick the Eagles. <laughs> Patriots hater. Oh my god! It's, um, I'm not gonna have fun if I'm rooting for the like Patriots. Like Tony Jungi over there. Yeah. Um, I look for New England to come out slow and conservative as they usually do in the Super Bowl, uh, make halftime adjustments, and uh, I think Brady will win his six. I pick Pats 31-21. Yeah, um, I agree with Nick. Everything you just said was pretty much what I was gonna say. So I'll throw a stout out at you. Uh, every time the Patriots have lost in their in the Tom Brady era in the postseason, uh, it was a rematch of an earlier game in the season. They haven't played the Eagles this year, so um, they're set to win. I it's think. a guarantee. It's like it's yeah. not a guarantee, but it's it's please good please shape. don't ever make that statement, yeah, I mean, Nick. Please don't. He's while Tim's out here us. throwing meaningless stats around, I think it's important that Brady and Belichick are experienced. You've got Foles and Peterson. Somebody mentioned that Patriots are going to win. We're witnessing the greatest dynasty in sports history. Patriots are going to win their third Super Bowl in four years for the second time. Yeah, I'm going to go. I got to pick the Pats again. Uh they they just seem they just seem poised. I don't know. Brady what is What tells you that? Huh? What tells you that? 
Brady is 40 years old and playing the best, some of the best football of his career. The defense has come together despite so many injuries, despite losing their best defensive player. Okay? Now, I have to say, Eagles playing without Carson Wentz, playing with Nick Foles. Okay. It's a I just playing like against Belichick. Any, it's just upsetting that this is like the worst Patriots team in the last ten years, and they're probably going to win. It is definitely the worst Patriots team in the last ten years. I would disappointed say that. in the rest of the NFL. I think we're missing the team that had Austin Collie as a receiver and Aaron Dobson. It's not the worst Patriots team in Dobson ten years. And Kendall good. Tompkins. Yeah. Kembrell, yeah. I- I'm sad about Austin Collie. All right. Anyways, I picked the Pats. All right. Let's move on to the NBA. So, the Clippers in the off season. Dim the lights, rose Blake Griffin's jersey to the rafters, and signed him to a huge contract. Let's, I, let's move to January. I can't believe it. And Blake Griffin is traded from the Clippers to the Detroit Pistons. I mean, you wake up one day in L.A., next day you're in Detroit. I mean, <laughs> it's right. not a good look. What are the Clippers doing? I, I got to give credit to Blake Griffin because... When he found out about the trade, he found out via Twitter. They didn't tell him about it. They didn't come talk to him and say, hey, man, I know that you've been here your whole career and you're committed to retire as a clipper, but we have to trade you. They didn't do that. They traded him, and he found out via Twitter. And he was a good sport about it. He thanked the Clippers organization and the fans, and he said he was excited to play for the Pistons. Credit to Blake Griffin. He's a class act. But let me take you back to 2011. Clippers have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. All they need is a few more pieces, and they can be a great team. Six years, that trio did nothing. The Clippers did nothing. The Pistons have now made a trio of Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. Reggie Jackson is not nearly as good as Chris Paul, and they're going to try and make this thing work again after six years of seeing it not work. They have to either do a much better job building more talent, or they have to find a new plan, because this trio of the point guard and two big men failed for the Clippers, and the Pistons are trying to repeat that history. You know, Blake Griffin, uh, just looking at franchise ranks for the Clippers, second in points, third in minutes, third in rebounds, fifth in assists. He's one of the greats, in, uh, if not the great, in a Clippers uniform. So to disrespect him like that, to say they did him dirty, is a disservice to that term. I mean, they just ruined him for whatever reason. Um, I think the Pistons, like like you were getting at, they basically committed themselves to mediocrity. I mean, they're in the East, so it's definitely better than the West going forward. And they have more of a shot, I guess. They'll be playoff teams. But I think that they're not going to be where they think that they will be. Um, I think that they probably won't get past like a four seat or something. Uh, Go for it. One more thing. One more thing. Blake Griffin, um, over the past couple seasons, he has been injury prone. Uh, he missed four games over his first four seasons, and now he's just played. Uh, Except the whole first 60, season he missed. His first four seasons after his debut, excuse me, and now he's just played sixty-six percent over however many years. So, Tim's right on both of his points. Pistons are going nowhere. This is doesn't really help them. But as far as the Los Angeles Clippers, Dylan said it right when they got tra- when Blake Griffin got traded. They did him dirty. You turn off the lights. You raise his jersey to the rafters. And then a couple of months later, you say goodbye? I mean, that's ridiculous. You sign your greatest franchise player to a massive deal, and in a couple months, you're just shipping him off to Detroit? I mean, that's ridiculous. Doc Rivers, the whole Clippers organization, they have no idea what they're doing. 
there's a value of loyalty. I understand this is a business, but you raised his jersey to the rafters, and then you just told him, we don't really care about you anymore. That's ridiculous. On to the Pistons, this doesn't help them. They're a worse version of the Clippers teams Dylan mentioned. You see it with the Pelicans when they had Boogie, when they had Anthony Davis. Two big men just don't work in this league. It's a different league. It's a fast league with a lot of threes, and two big men just simply does not work. Look, the Clippers organization, I think, is a disaster. They have some clear, clear problems. You got players going out saying Doc Rivers is the problem. It's not any of the players. It's Doc. So guess what this means, guys? Doc has got to go if the Clippers are going to need to turn this thing around or they're just going to continue to be mediocre. Getting to Blake Griffin, like we've all mentioned, this may be worse than what Danny Ainge did to Isaiah Thomas. I think this may be worse because you basically say to a guy, we want you here for your whole career. And then, like Ty said, a couple months later, you're gone to the Pistons for Tobias Harris, basically, who's a fine player. And this doesn't make them any better. At least the Isaiah trade made the Celtics better. Yeah. For Tobias Harris, who is a fine player. He's a fine player. But so what? He's not going to turn your franchise around. I want to add, if you think this is a move to get LeBron James to come this summer, you're crazy. That was hilarious. First of all, you've got no good players. I mean, Lou Williams is fine. I don't want to say really no good players, but no star players. And then you think a guy's going to want to come to your organization after you show this guy that you treat your star players like crap? You think LeBron James wants LeBron James wants to come to a team where a player of not even his caliber, a guy like Blake Griffin, is shipped out after signing a massive deal? Why would any player want to come to a team that's disloyal? The Clippers had a difficult decision to make with this trade, but I think that as tough as it is to admit it's the right move, just because Chris Paul is gone. They tried to work it out this year, and it didn't work. They were not going to go anywhere with Griffin or with these guys. Uh, Lou Williams is a free agent after this year. They're going to move him. They're going to move DeAndre. I think they're going to successfully blow up this team. They've got some young talent now. They have, they're going to stash up some draft picks, and they're going to be able to rebuild. Um, it's, it's sad to see Lob City fall apart, but it wasn't going to work out, and so I think that the move they're making as a franchise is the right one. How can this be the right decision? You're giving away your franchise player. You decided this guy was going to be your franchise player. If you're going to blow it up, fine, blow it up. But build back around Blake Griffin. There's no reason to go and play for the Clippers right now unless you just want to unless you need a spot in the NBA. I mean, once they trade Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan, how are you going to attract any free agents by having Austin Rivers come into a meeting and saying, this is my daddy, he's a really good coach? <laughs> well, like, that, that I mean, that up, doesn't do anything. That brings up another question. Is Doc Rivers going to quit, quit on the Clippers oh, like he did yeah, on the Celtics? Doc of is course. definitely out. I, I don't think Doc's that great of a coach, if for do- being honest okay. here. I think Doc Rivers could be the next head coach of the Cleveland Cavs. Cavs have no leadership. Tyron Lue's not really a good coach. Next year, maybe Doc's on the sidelines in Cleveland. Well, that's cool, but Probably LeBron's going to LeBron. be gone. So, LeBron's not going anywhere. LeBron's going to be gone. He's going to Golden State. <laughs> stop. No, Nick, no, stop. Please. I just threw up a little Please. bit. Please. Legion Hoops reports that them and the Spurs are the front runners. <laughs> Can I I would, just, Spurs could be fun. I'd love to see him in San Antonio. Spurs could be fun. Can I just make one comment on this trade? Boban Marjanovic, the BFG, <laughs> is going to light it up in L.A. <laughs> He's going to be a superstar. Big time Boban. Relax. Austin Rivers is going to average 30 points per game, and he's going to be an all-star. 
Done. No, I'm not. I'm not That's an Austin. I'm, I'm a big Austin Done. Rivers hater. Done. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on. So, two unfortunate. Uh, or that's an unfortunate trade for Blake Griffin. There have been two unfortunate, or in, or there's an unfortunate injury for John Wall. He'll be out. And who's the other guy that's out? Kevin Love got hurt. And Boogie, Kevin Love. Boogie Cousins got hurt too. Kevin Kevin Love hurt himself. I don't know how. And Boogie Cousins play. That injury is terrible. I hope he comes back. What, fully what does recovers. it say about LeBron that guys are literally hurting themselves <laughs> not to play on your All Star team? <laughs> I mean, it says something. Anyway, let's talk about their replacements. Goran Dragic. Let's go. Andre Drummond. Oh, my God. I think Drummond deserved to be there from the start. I would have put Drummond in over John Wall from the beginning. Same with Paul George. I wouldn't have put him over Boogie Cousins, but I would have put him in over someone. Goran Dragic is there for the same reason Al Horford is there. His team performs well when he's on the court, and his team is winning. His stats aren't as good as a guy like Ben Simmons or Jalen Brown or the other guys in the conversation, and he's not a very exciting player, but like Al Horford, when he's on the court, his team does better, and it's just kind of a respect thing they threw him in this game. I was talking about last week, and some guys criticized me, mainly Johnny, who decided not to show up this week. Coincidence? Yeah. Probably not. Who was very upset at me that I wouldn't watch the NBA All-Star game because I didn't care about an exhibition. Goran Dragic playing in the game makes it even more likely that I'm not going to watch. He's not an All-Star player. He's really not that good. Whoa, Why whoa, would I want to watch whoa. him in an NBA All-Star game? All right, easy, easy. Goran Dragic is a fine NBA player. Not an he's All-Star. He's a good NBA player. He's a good NBA player, I not agree with you. He's not an All-Star. This is a clear Dragic. You've been good for a long time. You're having a good season. Your this team is, the is NBA playing well. He's the best player on a pretty good team. So here you are. Here's an all-star. This spot. is this is for people that watch actual basketball. People that like yes. if you if you watch stats, then you don't like this move. But if you watch the Heat play, their success can be largely accredited to him. Since halfway through last year, I think they have a top three record in the NBA. Also, Something crazy like that. Also, a move about ratings. Miami, good team, big market. Didn't have a player in the All-Star game. NBA wants people from Miami tuning in. I think that's more of a conspiracy than a fact. But. One here conspiracy I came up with. Uh, <laughs> oh people were God. people were saying LeBron's team was going to kill Steph's team, so they decided to take out some of LeBron's talent to even it out. Yes, because so a, no, I, a non-contact injury to Demarcus John Wall decides to get knee surgery. Is, Did you see Kevin Love's injury? I didn't see no, it. This is no, this is next level I watched stuff. the play. Got, I didn't see it. We've got Tanya Harding like accusations coming from Dylan. <laughs> this is this is next level stuff. I watched Kevin Love get slapped on the hand, and then I'm sure he went to the locker room and behind his back broke his hand, so he doesn't have to play for the Cavs anymore. I I honestly wouldn't doubt that accusation either, Dylan. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's all we got for tonight. Dorm room sports talk. Good stuff, fellas. We got a big weekend coming up with the Super Bowl as the NBA All-Star break approaches. Drama's going to continue to unfold. We out, fellas. Adios. Good night.